Battery bill. Battery bill. For cameras, computers, cars, or scooters. For trucks, boats, jet skis, remotes. Battery bill. Battery bill. Welcome to ESPN Honolulu Fan Friday. Dave Kawada here with you. And, you know, every now and then we get a special guest, someone who has been from Hawaii but has done great things across the world, in our case for today with our special guest. And me being a just a diehard Olympics fan, this is a special treat because we have the 2008 gold medalist in the decathlon, Brian Clay, joining us. So basically, I'm going to introduce you and we're going to have a chat with the greatest athlete of the world back in 2008. Brian Clay is joining us here today. And Brian, first of all, thanks for taking some time. I know you got a very busy schedule. I appreciate your time. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate you having me on. Well, you know, we're going to talk about a lot of things because you're coming to Honolulu this weekend. And there's some stuff coming up even going into next week. We'll get to that part. But, you know, you're in Seattle right now before you travel over here. And it's been a while since that 2008 Olympics when you won the gold medal for the decathlon. Just catch us up a little bit. How have you been the past so many years? <laughs> yeah, so it's been it's been great. Um, I've been you know helping raise my family with my wife, and and that's been fun. I've got a senior this year in high school, which is you know kind of us entering into a new phase of, of parenthood. Um, but but everything's been well. I, I, I jumped into the entrepreneur world. I've started a couple of businesses. Um, still working some of those businesses now. You can see the big frog behind me. That's that's one of my businesses, um, Eat the Frog Fitness, and 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 we're we're seeing some success. But but just like everybody, we're we're kind of clawing our way out of the last you know three years of of lockdowns and and just kind of real hard um, uh, turmoil. You know, in terms of business and personal life and. And all those types of things, and so uh, getting back into a norm, and you know, as things open back up and, and opportunities begin to present themselves again, I, I get to you know do things like what I'm doing this week, and I get to come come back home and do events back home for some of the the cakey back home and the, the communities back home, and and hopefully inspire the next generation of you know Olympic gold medalists. I'm gonna just really dig into Olympics in a moment, but before I get <laughs> all fan crazy about that kind of stuff, you know. Obviously, being from Hawaii and have, have done such great things you do, there's always kind of this, I guess, demand, if you will, like, hey, Brian, when are you coming? When are you coming back so we can do this or that? How often do you get back to the islands? You know, it's, it's very difficult, um, you know, recently, right? Like recently, with I had a lot of events planned over the last three years, and, and those things have gotten postponed or canceled, um, which, you know, is completely understandable. Um, but before that, we tried to get home a couple times a year. Um, and, and for me, I, I'd come home, you know, every week if I could, right? Because it's, it's, it's home. And, and my, my family, meaning my wife and my kids, they, they would have no problem with that either. So, um, so it's, you know, the demand is not as high as it, as it used to be, um, but it's still there. And it's, and it's kind of regaining some momentum again um, since, since things in the world have seemed to calm down a little in terms of um, COVID and, and some of the restrictions there. Now, obviously, since 2008, I mean, you were still competing after those 2008 Olympics, but when you officially kind of stopped competing at that high elite international level, was, was that 
Was that difficult? I mean, you know, because we hear different stories about athletes at the highest level, professional sports, international athletics, whatever have you. Some seem to be able to transition really well into quote unquote regular life. There are others that are faced with those challenges, right? Because it is something right. that has been a part of your life significantly for most of your adult life up until that point. How was it for you? Um, you know, it wasn't, I mean, the transition was fine. It's always a little, I guess you could say tricky, kind of figuring out what you want to do next. Um, you know, I think for a lot of us, I can speak for myself, you know, primarily that when I was done running track, you know, the big question for me was, okay, so now what, right? Like, am I going to coach? Because when I started to think about what am I really good at, the only thing I could think of is, well, I was really good at track and field. Um, and, and so what happens, I think, for most athletes is, is we get done competing, we get done, you know, being on the high life. And, and when we get back into the regular world, um, we don't understand what skills we, you know, have that could transfer over into everyday, you know, life, whether it's being an entrepreneur, um, working for someone else, you know, in business or finance or, or whatever it might be. Um, and so every athlete has to sit back and kind of identify those things. And if you can't identify what those characteristics are, um, or those, those, um, you know, uh, traits might be, um, then, then you, you have a hard time with that transition. Um, the other piece is, I think is, you know, when you're an athlete, it's a different world, right? You're, you're going to events and you're always the, 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 the talent or the star, right? You, you walk in and everybody wants to talk to you. Everybody wants to be with you. They're flying you all over the world in private jets. And all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're taking flights and you're in coach, <laughs> you know, um, and it's, it's a little different experience, but um, I would say for me, it, it wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, you know, I always tell people, uh, being a decathlete running track and field it's it's what i love to do it's not who i was um i was always dad first um you know and so husband you know first and and those types of things and um you know i i, I cut my own grass and i change my oil and i you know i i try to be as active of a dad as i can and, um you know i help wash dishes and i help do laundry you know like like that's that's who we are that's the lifestyle we lived um and so when i was transitioning it wasn't anything different right it was just it was just oh i don't run track anymore but but life um outside of track was exactly the same as it was before that so um so you know that i would say wasn't too bad i've got an amazing wife she you know I think she helps me through things that I don't even realize sometimes I'm going through. My kids are amazing. You know, they have a knack at keeping me humble and just reminding me of, of who I really am. Um, and we've got a great family between my mom, you know, my, my dad, my stepdad, my, my in-laws, um, you know, just aunties, uncles. I mean, everybody, grandparents, um, they all, you know, play a role in, in that transition for an athlete. And I've just been super blessed to have an amazing a uh, group of people that, that are around me and surrounding me, um, you know, as I was doing it. And by the way, I know changing oil for your car is not some easy thing. So I mean, <laughs> you got to get dirty. You got to get under the car. The way they make cars now, changing oil is no 
efficient, you know, yeah. simple tasks to do, man. That's almost a half day, at least for me. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes now, especially in the newer cars. But um, yeah, if we if we stick to you know some of the older stuff, it's it's a lot easier. But don't ask me to do much more than that. There's not a whole lot more I'm going to be able to do than just changing the oil. Yeah. Same here. Same here. Now you're in Seattle. How long have you been living there now? Uh, we've been in Seattle for about four years. You know, we were in Southern California. I trained at Azusa Pacific University um, and went to Azusa Pacific University. Um, and then, you know, just as things were starting to end in my career, my kids were starting to get older, my businesses were starting to grow and take off. Um, you know, my wife and I decided that we wanted to be close to family. Um, Hawaii at the time uh, was not an option for us just because of the expense uh of of moving there and trying to get started there it was you know that was going to be really hard it was going to be a huge investment and the expense of traveling you know when you have a business and you're having to do a lot of travel um you know you're looking at you know every weekend being gone you know flying from hawaii back to the mainland can get really time consuming and and it can add a lot of expense and so because of that uh seattle which is where my wife is from was the next best choice and so we decided to move up here before my son started high school um and you know believe it or not it actually was a blessing in disguise we moved up right before the pandemic hit it was hard for the kids of course but but from our perspective it was really nice because um we moved up here bought some property um and just had some space we live out a little more in the country than than the city um and so you know you can't really see your neighbors you know real well from our house and and um we live on a creek and we've got a lower field and all that so when the pandemic hit and, and things were getting locked down from a personal and family standpoint, you know, we were able to, to be outside, to, to you know, be on our property, to have fires and barbecues and go down and play in the Creek and, you know, take the dog on. I mean, we were able to do all that stuff on our property, which was really amazing. Um, and so that was a blessing. Um, but then of course, you know, the second you step off your property um, for business or, or anything like that, you know, reality hit and, and it was a little bit tough, but, um, but yeah, we've been in Seattle for four years. Um, we're loving it up here. Uh, it's definitely a little gray in the winters and things like that. But but we love hunting, fishing, um, skiing. You know, doing all those things outdoorsy, hiking, and and you know, I don't know if there's any better place than Seattle. I mean, there's a few that I would say maybe are a little better, but Seattle is is pretty amazing when it comes to those types of things. Oh yeah, and I was just telling when talking to you before we started this that I was just there. My son just entered his freshman year at Seattle University. Loved it. I mean, it wasn't yeah. gray when I was there, so I guess I'm getting the, <laughs> the the small snapshot of good weather there and all that. But looking forward to visiting him. You know, you, you've talked about you've gone the entrepreneurial route now since you mm -hmm. ended your track and field career. So what have what have you engaged in? What what have you kind of started? Yeah, so I started a small tech company um, uh, when I, when I, as soon as I got done competing, um, and that was just a tech incubator. And so we were looking at um, different kind of fitness ideas to, to build apps off of and that sort of thing. And, and we did that for a while. That's still running. I, I'm not a part of the day-to-day -day, um, operations of that anymore, um, but, but still you know, involved in the, in the company. Um, and, and then I started a group fitness franchise, um, and it's called eat the frog fitness. Um, and that's what I'm currently doing now. We've just been building that brand. We've got, you know, 25 or so locations across the U S and Canada. Um, you know, we're selling new franchises every day. Um, and there we're opening up new franchises, fr franchise locations, you know, every day. And then, um, we're looking at other kind of uh, revenue streams or legs of our business. And we've got some exciting products that we're coming out with and we've got, you know, 
really exciting, you know, conversations with a lot of uh, uh, big name companies that, that could, you know, potentially catapult us into, uh, into some, some really good area. Um, and so we're excited about it. Um, we're working it. We're, 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 you know, on, on the operation side of things, we're, we're digging hard and, and, you know, grinding away just like everybody else, you know, trying to, trying to make things work, um, in kind of the economy that we're in today. And just with some of the, uh, uh hurdles that we have to kind of overcome as, as business owners, but, um, you know, things can be worse. I mean, as, as hard as they are, we wake up every day, um, you know, reminding ourselves of how blessed we are um, to have a job, how blessed we are to have our family, our health, um, to wake up with a roof over our head, um, and, and to just have the opportunity to try to make that dream come true. So, um, so we try to keep that, that positive attitude, and, and it's been a lot of fun. Okay, just for clarity now, did you say eat the frog fitness or beat <laughs> the frog? Fitness. Eat the frog fitness. Eat. Yeah, it's a yep, yep. Like eat um, the 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 quote that inspired uh, you know the name is a quote that Mark Twain made famous, um, and and it's it's this idea. What I say is is of not procrastinating, right? And so for me, that's that's having a champion mindset. And so we talk to all of our members about listen, you come and join our family, our frog squad is what we call it. Um, you are are kind of buying into this mantra of eating the frog it's it's about having this champion mindset where you're going to wake up every day and you're going to take on whatever life throws at you with 110 percent um, because that's what it takes to be successful um, and for a lot of people what we say is you know what's the biggest hardest task of your day it's it's for a lot of people fitness well that's your frog so you need to get up and you need to eat that every day you need to you know, go after it and, and chase after it. And we, we have a little, you know, saying, stay hungry. You know, you've got to stay hungry if you want to be successful. And so, um, so people, our members are, are really, you know, buying into that mantra and they're really, you know, looking at um, their fitness with, with a different lens. We, we don't sugarcoat it. We're not going to tell you that you can get fit in 10 minutes or less. We're not going to tell you if you take this pill, you're going to get fit or get healthy. Um, we're not even going to tell you that the workouts are easy right? I mean, we're going to be very honest. You know, if you look in our studios, we've got quotes and stuff from me all over the walls and, and people know that we say like fitness is hard. That is, that is one thing that we are, we are not going to, to sugarcoat for you. Fitness is really hard for a lot of different reasons. You know, our mission is to make it simple, right? We're trying to use technology. We're trying to use um, insights from, you know, my 20 years of, of competing and, and, you know, uh, training, um, at the highest levels in the world and, and, you know, the insights of, of our programming team, some of them professional athletes and our, our advisors to make fitness as simple as we possibly can. Um, and, and the, the simpler we can make fitness, um, for the individual, the, the more likely they are to be successful, um, on their fitness journey, because a lot of it is just people getting overwhelmed, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's like, I, I tell everybody when I first started training, I was looking at four years, a four-year plan, right? That you had to kind of plan for. And, and if I had to think about every little thing that I needed to do every single day um, to, to get to that gold medal, man, that, that's overwhelming. I mean, that's like, it's paralyzing. You sit there, you throw up your hands and you're like, this is impossible. There's no way I can do all that, let alone have everything go right. You know, it's not just, you, what you have to do, it's like all the stars have to align a little bit too, right? And everything has to kind of go right. Um, 
And, and so if you think about all that, it's, it's paralyzing. You can't, there's no way you can do that. Um, and, and, and that's the mindset that I think a lot of people enter into fitness with. And, and that's what we try to make a lot easier for them. So listen, all you got to do is show up. We take care of the rest. You show up, we tell you what to do, how hard to do it, how long to do it for. You know, we guide you through it. Um, we use technology and all those types of things to help you as well. Um, and, and all you've got to do is show up. And if you do that, if you just show up every day, do what we tell you to do, you're going to be successful. You're going to see results. And, and so far, it's been working really well. Well, if there's any great role model to kind of drive you into not only facing the challenge of fitness that, yeah, it is hard and you got to bust your coli for it. I mean, that would be you. Yeah. I mean, Olympic, uh, <laughs> the decathlon event is by far to be arguably one of the hardest sport disciplines to be a part of. Okay, I'm going to go fandom here a little bit with the Olympics. <laughs> so um, where, first of all, where is your gold medal? Um, well, right now, because I'm, I'm getting ready to come home, it's sitting on the kitchen counter uh, in a little <laughs> Oakley sunglass bag, um, which I usually just wrap it up and put them in there, and, um, and then I'll throw it in my backpack and, and bring it when I come home. Otherwise, it's been, I, I would say for the last, I don't know, couple of months, it's been sitting in the t you know, a drawer in my kitchen. <laughs> so. now, now, you have obviously a pretty impressive uh, display case if you want to put together because not only you have the gold from the 08 Olympics, you have the silver from the 04 World Champion right. Gold in 2005, and you got the indoor medals. You got the... I didn't, I didn't realize this, that you were also in the heptathlon, won gold in 08, 2010, silver in 2006, 04. Okay, which is, which is more displayed, those medals or the Wheaties box, which, which is still out there? Uh, you know, the medals usually are in a drawer. Um, there's, I think the Wheaties box might be up on a shelf somewhere with a, a few other things, but that's just because it doesn't fit in a drawer. You know, for me... <laughs> If I could put it all in a drawer, I just put it in a drawer and, and you know be like, oh, I'll just pull it out when somebody wants to see it. But um, but my wife, uh, she likes to put some of that stuff on display, so she puts it on display. But it's, I can tell you right now, it's it's nothing fancy. There's no, you know, there's no display cases with lights and glass and all that. It's like we've got a bookshelf from IKEA, maybe, and you know, some of it sits on that. You know, it's like, um, I don't know. I, I always tell people, you know, for me, the 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 medals and things, it's like, they're just medals, you know? I mean, I think they're cool and, and I like them, but, you know, I don't think about them every day. In fact, I, I rarely think about them unless somebody brings it up. Um, and, and really, I think for me, it's, it's more about, again, inspiring the, the next generation, right? It's like, if I can share that stuff and it's going to inspire someone, great. If, if I'm sharing it just because I want people to think I'm cooler than I really am, then, you know, it doesn't mean anything to me. So, um, so that's the only reason why uh, some of them are out and, and that's why I take my, my medals with me everywhere. Well, speaking of inspiring the next generation and motivating, you're doing it with your businesses, but you're coming to Hawaii to do that. So there's a couple of things. You're going to be busy. Do you have any free time? I don't know, because on Sunday, you're flying in tomorrow and then on Sunday, there's a big event over at Farrington High School called Fields of Faith. Uh, that's October yeah. 2nd. It's going from 4 to 8. Tell us about that event first. Yeah, so, you know, I'm coming in, and, and I think there's going to be some challenges and some some fun time to talk and, and kind of have a, a you know, Q&A um, with, with some of the young athletes. But but really what I'm doing is I'm coming in to, to talk about, 
you know, my faith and, and how that's played a role in my career um, and throughout my life. And, and I think it's important, you know, as we, as we look at the world today um, and, and we look at, uh, you know, just the amount of, of, of kids and, and youth out there struggling, right, to, to find a place, struggling to find uh, peace, struggling to find joy, you know, struggling with anxiety, um, depression, um, you know, um, feeling loved. I mean, all, all of those things. Um, you know, it, I think it's important to to kind of share what has worked for for others, for me. Um, and so that's really what what I'm looking to do. I'm looking to come back and and talk to these kids and and not tell them that they have to do it any specific way, but but to just share what's worked for me in my life. Um, and if that's something that they find interesting and and they want to kind of jump into and, and be a part of, then there, there's going to be people and organizations there um, that they can jump into and, and really find um, the same resources and the same uh, kind of mentorship and guidance and those types of things that I had when I was growing up. And, and I'll be real honest with you, um, for me growing up, I mean, everybody knows I was, I was, you know, I don't know if you could say I was a Kolohe kid, but that was probably mildly putting it right. Like I was, I wasn't a good kid, you know, I made a lot of bad decisions and, 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 you know, made life difficult on my parents and on my teachers and my family and, and those types of things. But, but I can honestly say that, that if it wasn't for organizations like uh, Youth for Christ and my church, Hope Chapel at the time, and, um, and, and um, uh, uh, you know, kind of middle school pastors that, that, you know, high school pastors that really took an interest in me and, and, and kind of got involved in my life, um, I would not be where I am today. There's, there's just no way. Um, and, and so it, it's so important for, um, for us to realize the, uh, uh, you know, the impact that we can have just by being there, right? Not, not by having all the answers, but just by being there and sharing um, you know, with, with these young people. And so that's what we're looking to do um, at, at the Field of Faith event. Um, hopefully kids will come out uh, and hang out and have fun and compete and do all those fun things, but also come to find um, how, how I made it, how others have made it, and, and what we're doing in our lives to, to help us get to the places that we've gotten to. Yeah, so that's this Sunday, October 2nd, Fields of Faith. It'll be at Farrington High School from 4 to 8 p.m., you want more information, go to fcahawaii.org. And then you might have a little time after that. And then on Thursday, October 6th, you spoke about Youth for Christ. You'll be the keynote speaker at their 75th anniversary fundraiser. So that, that's going to be yeah. even exciting, too. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Again, you know, I, I, it's not just about inspiring the youth, right? I mean, that's part of it. That's one, one leg of it. But it's also about helping people in this busy time, in this busy world, um, where, you know, you're dealing with pandemics, you're dealing with, um, you know, your business, you're dealing with travel, you're dealing with family, you're dealing with your own kids in your own life or, or whatever it might be, but you've got all these things that are pulling you in a million different directions. And, and I get that. I, I think I get that as, as well, or, or, or better than, than most. Right. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, I want to make sure that I inspire people like me, um, and, and just people in general, to, to, again, understand the impact that they can have on a young person's life. Um, you know, we, I think, have lost 
a lot of the sit down at the dinner table with mom and dad and brothers and sisters um, and, and talk through our day um, where, you know, parents used to be the place where kids went to, to, to get advice. If somebody was making fun of them at school, you know, th their parents would find out through conversation at dinner time, you know, um, and they could walk them through that and they could help them and they could give them advice and they could, um, you know, reinstill, you know, truth to them about how much they are loved and how much, you know, uh, that what those things were, people are saying aren't really true and all those types of things. Um, when kids were looking at, you know, breakups with boyfriends or girlfriends or whatever it might be, like, you know, parents could, could help with those types of things. And, and in this busy culture, I think we've lost a lot of those times, you know, we've got, and, and I'm just as much of a, 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 you know, I'm just as bad as this as anybody, but it's like, as a parent, um, you know, we've got kids who have homework and they've got sports and that's every night of the week. And, you know, then they come home and they're, you know, if they're not doing homework, then they're, you know, watching TV or they're on their phones, texting with their friends or doing TikToks or, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, and, and it just every waking second of, of our day, including my own is, is filled with something. And, and if we don't, if we're not intentional about it, then, then we don't ever get that time. And, and so I just want people to understand adults to understand that, you know, you never know what somebody's story is. You never know what their family history is like or, or the support that they have at home or, or through extended, you know, Ohana and stuff. But, um, but I don't ever kind of minimize or underestimate like what one conversation um, that you can have that could potentially set somebody's path, somebody's life on a, on a different path. Um, it, it happened for me. I'm, I'm real, like, you know, I would say I'm, I'm real proof of of what that can do um and, and there are stories of of people from hawaii kids from hawaii all over um who are doing amazing things right now and, and i guarantee you I've, I've had the opportunity to talk to some of them but i guarantee you if you sit down and you talk to them they'll all tell you they didn't get there alone they got there because of people in their life that were willing to step in you know when you're a kid from a from a um family where your parents are divorced and you know just things like that it's like okay, where, where do you find, you know, the men in your life to come in and teach you what it means to be a man, right? Um, if your mom's not there, you know, as a daughter or as a son, you know, where do you find the women that will step in to teach you how to be a woman um, or, or a man, right? I mean, those are the things that, that I think um, we don't always realize, you know, we, we can step up and, and be a, a play a role um, for, for some other, for some youth out there that may not have it. Oh, amazing stuff. We can just record what you just said and then play that at the event as kind of a prelude as people are coming in. But the event, again, is the Running the Race, Leaving a Legacy. It's the 70th anniversary fundraiser for Youth for Christ. That'll be on Thursday, October 6th at the Kahala Hotel, 530 830. You can go to yfchi.org if you want to register, get a ticket, and... Listen to Brian Clay. Also, I, be, I believe Kevin Asano is going to be a part of it too. So two I Olympians so, yeah. are going to be a part of it. Yeah. Wow, that is exciting. Oh, wow. You know, I always say, I don't know if people realize, you know, I don't know what the numbers are, but but it's pretty amazing what what a small state like Hawaii is able to produce in terms of athletes. And and I always wish that we could find a way to, to get athletes together. I've, I've talked to a lot of people about it, you know, but but I would love to find a way to, to get athletes together and to figure out how we can 
help the young kids from Hawaii um, actually realize the, the, the blessing that they have to grow up in Hawaii. It's, you know, beyond just it being a beautiful place. I mean, you know, you don't realize like you've got the best weather, you know, of, of any state to, to compete. I mean, you can compete in sports year round, indoor, outdoor, whatever you want. Um, you've got, you know, I always say it's God's playground, right? You've got trail running, you've got surfing, you've got swimming, you've got, you know, uh, track. I mean, you've got football, you've got golf. I mean, seriously, you have access to, to everything. And it's just right there at your fingertips within a, you know, 30 minute drive, you know, max, you know, sometimes. Um, and so it's like, man, if, if we could just find a way to, to get these, these kids, um, you know, to understand that, that what we've seen, you know, in terms of athletes coming out of Hawaii is nothing compared to what we could actually have the potential that we have um, as, as a population, as a state um, to really produce, I think, more professional athletes per capita than any other state in the country. Um, and I think that would be really cool. Uh, but it's, you know, it, it requires somebody making that a priority, just like anything in life. Um, it requires funding, you know, and, and finding the right, the proper funding for it. Um, but, but I think it's doable. Um, and I think it would be a lot of fun and, um, and, and creating, I, I always, I always had this dream of, of making Hawaii, you know, I say God's playground, but really the playground for the world, right. Where they can come and take advantage of, um, the, the most beautiful, uh, you know, I think, uh, place in the world, um, and, and still be a part of athletics. And I think you could have people from all over the world coming to, to be a part of like state of the art, um, uh, you know, facilities and treatments and competitions, you know, while not just, you know, recovering, um, you know, physically and, and training physically, but, but also recovering and training mentally and emotionally and spiritually, um, being able to come and, and just recoup and get ready to, to go out and, and, you know, take on the world again so one day one day we'll see absolutely that's a great vision you know first of all i, I just want to say thank you again for taking the time we look forward to seeing you back home with the events coming up so glad that you're still so connected down here and really being the motivator and trying to be the motivator for the next generation but i am privileged to be able to tell the person i've always at parties and when i talk about olympics and who's the greatest olympic athlete out of hawaii i always say it's brian clay but when you're a multi olympian multi medal winner especially in the sport that you're in i've always said it's brian clay the greatest olympic athlete to come out of hawaii so it's been a great treat for thank me thank you thank you again for taking some time for be a part of this no problem thank you for having me and thank you for all the kind words i really appreciate it all right we'll see you in hawaii thanks brian